Welcome to the Uptown Community Podcast, where we see what we can learn, who we can get to know, and if we can understand each other and our neighborhood a little bit more. We make up a brilliant tapestry. By examining the various threads and aspects of our community, we can appreciate how each and every person contributes in their own unique way. Welcome to the Uptown Community Podcast, and I am in the Preston Bradley Building. I'm joined by a guest remotely, um, and who do I have the pleasure of speaking with today? Oh, hi. This is Jean Darling. I'm a former pastor there at People's Church, and then for a couple of years, director of Preston Bradley Center. So, yeah, I've been out here in New Mexico for three years now, almost exactly. Thank you for joining us, Jean. And Thank uh, you. All right, so the last time you were here was 2017, 2016? That's when I left. That's when uh-huh. I moved, yeah. I okay. came back to visit the following year, I think. I, okay. We didn't make it back last year, 2019 maybe? Okay. All right. Um, yeah, and at that point you were in – you have – had a lot of involvement with uh, as um, the pastor and then the the building manager of the Preston Bradley Center. Um, so it, yeah, it was kind of weaning yourself off of being involved um, in so many things. Let's let's jump to the beginning. When when did you start at at the Preston? I- I was called to the church in 2007, in the fall, 2007. Um, And it was a part-time job (laughs) Uh that very quickly became obvious that it had to be much more than part-time. But I basically don't have a lot of time to the church. It was important to me to keep the church going. And it needed more time than half time provided. So yeah. yeah. So there were, were things about the church that were really important to me. Uh, its commitment to people was really uh, valuable. And the thing about it that that so impressed me from the very beginning how incredibly welcoming the people were. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it didn't matter who walked through our doors, uh, but would be them, which I hadn't experienced in other congregations, at least. So it, I, I just really appreciated that aspect of the church. So as the... I, I think still focusing on place. Um, we've see how you um, got involved in um, the People's Church and Preston Bradley Center, um, but as the 
Uptown Community Podcast. Um, was Uptown ever a place that you were paying attention to before that? Hmm. I lived out in Oak Park. Okay. So you can imagine, you know, Uptown was uh, not really high on our list of places to visit. I had been to the Green Mill a couple of times for jazz concerts. Yeah. Um, never made it to the ballroom. But once once I was at People's Church, then I got involved with uh, one of the community organizations. We were able to host regional meetings for some of the groups in the sanctuary, which would hold like, you know, a thousand people uh, pretty easily. Uh, so we had we had some big meetings of community groups there. So we were pleased to be able to do that sort of thing, that offer that kind of assistance to groups in, in the community. So I, I think, uh, yeah, um, working with the, like kind of the depth of knowledge, as we, we start with like a really general surface um, knowledge, um, and we kind of move a little bit deeper into all the different things um, with the different different organizations and being able to trying to get into like a coalition of mm. of different different organizations. Let let's talk up a little bit more about um, your different things. Um, so you started as the pastor mm-hmm. and then you started um when did you start uh, as the building manager well uh, bob ford had been the building manager he was also a ucc minister but he never he he was part of i think he was part of the consortium that had pastored the church maybe three years three or four years before i came um, and anyway, he became ill and was no longer able to do that work. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think it was just about a year after, before I left. So, um, but I'd been involved with the building the whole time because mm-hmm. uh, it, it just obviously needed help. So <laughs> I got on the, I, I guess I was sort of ex officio on the board of the Preston Bradley Center from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Or at least from you know, like a couple of months after I started, uh, and uh-huh. uh, we also had you know the programs like the shelter in the basement. I don't even know if they're still open. Yeah. Um, but you know, we had our our lunch program, which expanded quite a bit during the time I was there, um, which I've heard unfortunately had to close because it was public kind of thing in COVID, you can't, you yeah. know, can't serve the public like that. Um, but there were always things going wrong, the basement was flooding, or, or the bathrooms on the fourth floor would flood, or, or there were leaks in this roof, or, you know, I mean, it was just constantly things happening to the building that had to be dealt with. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> So our that was that was our struggle all along, and how to 
how to bring in enough money to pay for this very expensive building. One, one month, we had a, a, a gas bill of $12,000 in one month. So that, those kind of expenses are just appalling. And that was for heating the building. Well, we did replace the, the boiler. So I think that probably brought the expense of that stuff down somewhat, but it was still using gas. Anyway, there were, yeah, it's just, <laughs> there were a lot of things that, um, you know, as, as we got things more in, more organized or, or more in order in terms of bringing other groups in to use the building and so on, then there were some things that we did outside to try to make it work better, like, um, we we put uh, uh, what are those things parking blocks in the parking lot to mark out the parking places better, and we marked out parking places for the tenants, which hadn't existed before. It had just been this total chaos in the parking lot, mm-hmm. um, and we were able to rent space down the street. Uh, from the hospital to use on Sunday morning for parking, for extra parking. Um, we, we got rid of a very bad tenant who wasn't paying rent uh, oh. and got a, a, another church. So there, there were three churches in the building at that point. Uh, so they were much better, much better tenants. And then just renting out as much space as we could figure out how to, how to rent out uh, short-term, long-term, you know, whatever we could manage. So uh, so things were going along almost as well as you could expect, considering, you know, all the problems that kept cropping up. I mean, all of the, all of the different programs um, that are, were going on at the building, and some of them that are still going on, but um, I guess the one that really blossomed was the um, the lunch program on the two little fishes I it was a little bit before I got there and I got to see exactly what happened um, do you have um, some other um, insight into how that grew yeah um, yeah. It was, we were very lucky, I think. Um, Isaac, who was a very part-time employee back in the, when I first came, he uh, was coming three days a week to cook lunch. And he used a few volunteers, mostly from the community. You know, they weren't from the church or anybody outside uh, to help him put, put that on. And he also was working part-time for the shelter organization at a different shelter. Yeah. And he got to talking with one of the regular volunteers who was from the Catholic community uh, and told him how his wish was to start a restaurant and Hmm. that he would, anyway. So it turned out that this, this man who was very generous uh, began to help the program, and uh, among other things, they they donated enough money to hire Isaac for one year <laughs> uh, 
to run the program full time. Mm. So we started adding days and Isaac came up with the name Two Little Fishes that was based on as uh, he remembered uh, his pastor when he was a kid telling them the story of the loaves and the fishes. And so that's stuck with him, especially the idea of feeding people who had no food. So it was a, a beautiful idea. We were able to grow the program little by little up to, at one point we were doing six days a week. It just, it had, had a good board, a, a separate board from the Preston Bradley Center. We set it up as a 501c3. Well, oh, actually okay. it was operating underneath uh, Preston Bradley 501c3. That was another thing we had to do was to separate Preston Bradley from the church yeah. and, and get it uh, get it with that status with the federal government so people could donate money to it. So, and because you can't, it, it's almost impossible to get grants for a religious organization. So it had to have that, you know, that separation. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, it was it was doing very well. Isaac was toward toward the end of my time there. His health was starting to fail, and so um, he ended up having to retire from the program and. Um, we were able to hire his number one assistant as the director. Mm -hmm. And she was doing a great job from what I hear. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, there, there is the, um, there's a, a free pantry that Rudra, the current pastor, has started in those, those windows um, at the, the, the sanctuary level that have the the gates on them and it has uh -huh. like kind of a shelf and you can sneak some food in there or just uh, cans and it, yeah. everything's frozen now it's like uh, 16 degrees when I got here this morning but uh, yeah it's it's um, still <laughs> still I'm living on a little bit, um, and then hopefully in the future um, we'll be able to, or that can keep going under kind of new ownership, whoever, whoever ends mm -hmm. up buying the building. Um, but yeah. um, after the the second level of our surface to depth of just basic geography, all of the different parts, and then I'm going into um, how, how things relate to each other. And we've, we've had a little bit of insight already with the, um, you are helping the Preston Bradley Center um, separate f from the um, People's Church. And that's how we are able to um, well, all the different programs were able to prosper under that a new different different model. Um, as as far as connections, um, well, you've you've kind of talked about your involvement with the community already, but um, were were you always um, involved with the 
connection of the with with communities outside of the, of the the people's church yeah yeah um social justice was always my my reason for doing ministry really mm-hmm. uh, before i came to people's church i was very involved with the group that's now called arise i don't know if you know them it's a worker justice organization uh, so i was on their board for a while um, one of the things that i did there was to help with an, a pre-apprenticeship program that was aimed at getting more women and people of color into the building trades you know it it always was really important to me to do stuff like that so at people's church it became clear i had to do it through whatever would work with the church. And uh, that organ, the community organization in the neighborhood was the obvious place to do that work. Um, we did also, they, you know, the shelter organization, the previous shelter organization uh, was closing the shelter and we scrambled to try to find someone else to take it over. And it actually closed for a month. Mm. You know, people were just out. And uh, and fortunately, another organization stepped up and took it over. And then, you know, there were other ways. We, we, we tried to help uh, the people who were camping out under the viaduct, um, you know, to get more support from the city. You know, we held uh, press conferences out in the parking lot for them and stuff like that. So okay. there were there were lots of ways which, from our place as a church, we could help uh, things like that. So yeah, it was always very important. I think we were talking too about um, the idea of of the the two little fishes program serving the public and those um, people that are, are struggling to get enough food, either um, homeless populations or just um, more disadvantaged populations. Is there any one particular area um that that stands out that was always your mission or um i mean you were talking about the workforce and trying to get other people um involved um with some of that those areas um Mm -hmm. was that kind of the primary or um yeah i actually i think it was for me, uh, uh, what I call economic justice. In other words, equality uh, in terms of how people are treated, uh, opportunity, um, just because it seems to me that racism and these other isms get manifested through money. Mm -hmm. And as long as money isn't equal, then, you know, 
uh, people are, are going to find it difficult to, to achieve their dreams. One of the, the uh, people running for president last year, uh, uh, Andrew Wang, mm -hmm. his idea of a basic income, I thought, ah, that makes so much sense. Give everybody $1,000, that gives them a little leg up, you know, and uh, it makes it possible so people don't have to work three jobs to make ends meet. You know, it gives them a chance to actually spend time with their kids, maybe have a little extra money to go to the movies or buy a pizza instead of cooking yeah. all the time. Whatever. But I just, it made so much sense, and I don't know. How do we get there? You know, how do we? It doesn't seem like that radical an idea to me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think the universal basic income is yeah definitely something can make make some progress. Yeah, it wouldn't answer yeah. everything, but it would it would do a lot. Yeah. Right. Right. One of the, well, there's two things that have to go with it. You've got to tax the rich. Yep. We've got to start getting some of that incredible money that people are making right now who are in the top echelons has to come back into the economy through government. I think. But uh, one of the other things, people, there's a group here in Santa Fe of young people who have started a fund, uh, it's it's called pound or whatever, hashtag share my check. And mm -hmm. so when you get your check from the government, if you don't need it, you send it to them and they've been distributing food, uh, rent assistance, blah, 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 to people who can't get government assistance because wow. they're not documented or whatever, because there's a lot of not undocumented people here. Mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, so some of those rich people who get their thousand dollar check could just pass it along, you know, to uh, organizations that could use it. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Another connection that is made in, um, I think your your role here and within Uptown, and um, I think I want to make one other connection um and i i'm kind of keep it once a month that um i do something with uh preston bradley that he um had the 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 deal with another radio program besides his um his sermons that would get broadcasted there was another radio program, um, and I, I think you were involved in that. Um, well, I found one CD that was was called Short Sermons, and I, I think they're actually the um, inspirational messages that he would, would broadcast. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure how much I can sell them through the podcast um when when i first put that out that little cd uh i got i heard back from 
a few people who had basically said things like, he saved my life. Hmm. You know, uh, apparently he had a very powerful effect on people. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I didn't know him. Yeah. Okay. The last part of the, the podcast about uh, going forward. So it sounds like you've have your your literal sense of of going forward um out there in in Santa Fe and um staying in, involved um with social justice um at at large um and yesterday I had somebody from the economic justice team from One Northside come out. We we were talking a, a little bit about how you find something that inspires you to stay involved. Um, and he used the term, something that touches your soul. And um, I have um, a term of inspiring or in, in a passion um, that... I mean, his his idea is that economic justice wasn't something exactly that he knew that that's what touched his soul, but there there is something that that touches your your soul. So, what did touch your soul out there in Santa Fe? Yeah, it was a difficult transition because the things that I cared most about you see in a city not in a place like this so yeah yeah I, it just took me a while to kind of readjust and to shift my whole outlook uh, but I, I guess part of it is that I just became because more aware of environmental things here because it's just right in your face it's in your face so um i thought uh oh we don't want to lose this beautiful earth you know this this is what sustains us and uh, and i realized after a while that the things that i was working for back east if you want to call Chicago back east, <laughs> are related in the in that like one of the sermons I gave I, it wasn't it wasn't at People's Church but uh, it's an example I've used a couple of times where I don't know if you remember this you may you you probably weren't in Chicago when this happened but there was this wonderful huge book or uh, a newsstand downtown, right outside the old public library, back when mm. it was the public library. Huge. And it had like hundreds of different languages that they provided wow. to all the different people that were in Chicago. And Mayor Daly decided it was an eyesore and he made them take it down. Mm. I'm like, that is so stupid to me. Or, or for instance, when you you have little uh, guys who sell burritos on the street, you know? These are like the insects 
that eat up the leaves that fall on the ground. You know, we need the small things in our economic system as well as the big things. You have to have all that to have a healthy ecosystem of economics. Mm-hmm. So I, I began to understand how my view of nature is the same as my view of economics. You've got to, you've got to allow all these things to, ha- to have a home. You know, you can't use pesticides on your ground because it's going to make your ground dead. The ground has to be alive for your plants to thrive. Anyway. Yeah, I think I think that's a great analogy of um, how diversity is is important um, to success of a of a community. And I I love any time there is a story about diversity, even in in a um, I think there was a what do you call it, the, the hedge fund um, kind of... There's an organization that embraced diversity and it made them more successful. And mm-hmm. I think your idea of, of nature um, uh, benefiting from more diversity is, um, yeah, make makes us so we we are we continue to go forward um trying embracing embracing diversity and the the context around us um as you've (laughs) you've shifted your your context um from a big Mm -hmm. big city to a a more um rural environment and that yeah, doesn't have obvious homelessness and a need or, um, yeah, that obvious lack. Yeah. 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 I think that that can inspire people to move forward and inspire us to, to hold on to, to things, to, to make it a, a beneficial society. I think that's, a really great analogy. Of course, I love nature coming from Michigan, and um, so so thank you for that. Thank, thanks for for being on the Uptown Community Podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for asking me. Yeah. Beautiful people, remember to subscribe, share with others, and thank you for listening. Visit the website uptowncommunitypodcast.com and you can donate or sign up for the newsletter there. Thank you. Have a good day. As a project of People's Church, the Uptown Community Podcast celebrates creativity, love, and humanity. The Uptown Community Podcast is supported with a grant from the Unitarian Universalist Funding Program.